and welcome back to another brand new episode of Live at 605. As always, I'm your host, John, and I feel like I say this every week, but we have truly a special guest with us, and I usually try not to announce who the guest is until you can kind of hear them chuckling into the mic, and I think <laughs> there's the chuckle, so one of the most requested people, I've, I've, I've had people email me, tweet me, being like, when are we going to get your dad on the podcast? I can't believe that. And we have him here in the flesh, Pops Malin. Oh, John. Better known as my dad, Mr. Malin, Pops Malin, Chris, whatever you want to call him. So welcome to the show. Thanks for having me here, John. It's uh, always a pleasure coming down here to uh, Club 605. Club 605, yeah. It's, I think you probably are, are, might be the biggest fan. You, you always seem to call me after almost every episode or you leave a message and be like, I like this, I like that. And I listen to every episode. I look forward to all upcoming episodes. Yeah. I've learned more about you that I didn't know <laughs> since you moved away. Yeah. Uh, so I'm always excited to hear anything new with you and, uh, and Val. And Val, and, yeah, exactly. So I figure start season two off right and get uh, the man behind all that I am is you. So... <laughs> We have a couple of different topics we're going to talk about. It should be fun. We have some things that other people want to ask you that I'll, I'll ask. And, okay. But as always, before we get into any podcast, I have to talk about the sponsor of the show. So there's a sponsor this week, and we can kind of talk about this week's sponsor. And so this week's episode of Live at 605 is sponsored by the woman who posted her pregnancy test on Facebook. I was on Facebook uh, a couple of days ago, and I saw someone posted a picture it was just their pregnancy test, the stick that they go and pee on. And we have someone knocking, knocking next door. at the door here. <laughs> they agree with that's about the, the pregnancy test. Maybe that's the girl with the pregnancy test. Saying, yeah. I don't want this over the, I land, over this the under, air. Yeah. But I think it's weird. Val and I have talked about it before. When people share or post too much stuff on Facebook, when you post, we've seen people post pictures of like newborn babies in the hospital. And I just I thought it's like taking it to a new level when you have the actual stick that you just urinated on. Well, you know my feelings on this, John. Uh, with I, I can understand. There's so many ways out there that people can communicate these days. I mean, you've got Facebook, you've got the internet, you've got Twitter, you've yeah. got iCloud, you've got this. Yeah. I mean, if you wanted to talk to somebody, no. I hate to use the term in my day, but yeah. it was a phone call, okay? Mm -hmm. I really don't want people to know every little bit about my life and what goes exactly. on here. So to what extent or what is she looking for when she would post this? Is she looking for attention? Is she yeah. maybe this is the way how she's going to tell her husband or boyfriend mm -hmm. or something here? It just, yeah, I, I, yeah it, it's a bit much for me. But I was going to say the cool thing that I like about uh, you is just this year you just got the iPhone 5. Well, as you know, John, I've I've always fought technology. Oh, you fought it. I'm, I'm an old school boy. And you had a flip I, phone. I don't like change to a certain extent. Yeah. Uh, but with the job and everything here and, and staying out there, I had to. As you know, I had one of the original flip phones. Up until 2012, <laughs> yeah. you had a flip phone. It made quite a lot of fun of me of that yeah. uh, with the flip phone. And then it came down from our uh, head office corporate that all business managers had to have uh, basically a, an iPhone-type device here because we had to be in touch 24-7 with all our emails and the business we do here. Yeah. So I succumbed, and, and after you had come up uh, home to Ottawa there yeah. for a week and show me your iPhone, I was quite impressed. And you said, don't worry, Dad, I can program everything for you yeah. in there. And um it's, I've I've got it. I use it now, and I've learned. I've actually embracing technology. You, I can't fight yeah, it. No, I'm going to embrace it, 
And I think I'm a better person for it. There's I think still so. some things I <laughs> tend to forget how to do. You tend to forget, and your font's <laughs> a little bit big. But you, you text. The best was still the day you got your your iPhone. I was sleeping. I think it was a Saturday, <laughs> and I, my phone starts ringing. And I look, and it, it was the FaceTime chat, and I could see your picture being like, uh, "Pop Smile is requesting video chat with you." While I'm in bed, being like, "Oh my god." Didn't I get the picture there? Was that or something? I, yeah. I went, what the hell did I do here? Oh, my God. Uh, you were just hi, trying John. to what, me. How do you get this, Dad? I have no idea, John. I don't I pressed know. something here, but well, how are you doing, by the way? So yeah. I'm still in bed. I'm tired. What are you I'm, doing calling yeah, me? I want to go back to sleep. This time in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm again, I'm using it to my advantage here. It, uh, it's a, a great device. And, and again, it's, it's, it's now. It's new, okay? Yeah. It, it's, it's this generation mm-hmm. sort of thing. So I've learned, like I said, to, I'm not going to fight any longer. I'm no. going to use it to, to better myself yeah. and uh, step into the next century with you guys here. And uh, I am quite enjoying it. Yeah. Uh, and I, I still laugh because people say the size of my fonts <laughs> on there. And the fact is I can't remember my phone number, so it's, it's on a tape on the back of my phone. You can say it's my favorite <laughs> thing about any phone you have. I noticed it yesterday. I'm like, you always tape your phone number on the back of your phone. Yeah, my memory sometimes just – It's uh, a brilliant I can idea. remember things – 50 years ago, but yeah. what I did yesterday sometimes, no, I, I, I forget sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, it's, it's a, I, I really, like I said, for uh, instant messaging, for sending, yeah. as we found it yesterday with the ball game and sending mm-hmm. stuff back and forth, yeah. it, it is, if you use it properly, it can do your advantage here, and I, yeah. I really do enjoy it. My only piece of advice to you for the new phone is to learn from politicians now and just don't take any pictures of any body parts, and oh. even if you're not sending them to anyone... <laughs> People can hack them, and you know. I have no body parts there I want to go. take pictures of. There you go. <laughs> okay, so once again, I got to thank the sponsor this week, sponsored by the woman who posted her pregnancy test on Facebook. Embrace technology, but don't embrace it to the fact that I know I can see your pee-stained pregnancy test stick. That's a bit much for me. Uh, yeah. Okay, now let's get into the show. As I said, we have a very special guest, my dad, Pops Malin. And whenever I have a new guest on the show, I always try to talk about the first time I met them, whether it's a friend or a Val or whoever it is. I try to talk about. And now, since I've known you since I've been born, I don't. I won't remember <laughs> you my. You know friend. me. <laughs> I, I, I'd say I'm one of your I'd, friends. I'm on your Facebook you're now. Facebook one of my friends, friends now. Yeah, you're, I'm one of. I think you almost have more friends on Facebook than I do. A lot They're of all my, your friends. They, are, <laughs> they love you on there. Pop smile and embracing technology. But I was going to tell the one story. Obviously, I don't remember probably the first two years of my life and knowing you, but one of my. Uh, memories I always think back that makes me laugh is when we lived in Toronto, when we were getting ready to move to Ottawa, I vaguely remember sleeping in my room and like the day or two before we moved out, we packed all the boxes, you packed everything. And I just remember there's a huge wall of boxes in my bedroom. And I remember sleeping at night getting scared that all these boxes were going to tumble over and fall on top of me and just, I was going to die in a box of clothes. That house in Toronto, our first house in Toronto was a tiny little one in Thornhill. Thornhill. Uh, I think the total square footage was basically to start with 1,300 square feet. Wow. And then when we finished the basement, it was 1,450 square feet. Believe it or not, it was a four-bedroom home, or I say one <laughs> bedroom and f- three extra large closets. Yeah. But you guys were all small, and we were just starting your right. family off. So 
we were very fortunate at the time to to be able to have a house there in Toronto. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, your room was was tiny. I remember we were boxing everything up here, and literally you were just sleeping among all the boxes there. And mm-hmm. there was a concern you couldn't see the wall it was all wall yeah. of boxes <laughs> was and all happen. there. And you were just a little guy. Yeah. But you guys were so pumped up for that move. I yeah. Mean, because you had no idea what type of house we were moving to in Ottawa, mm-hmm. and that goes back uh, Nine, over 20 years yeah. ago. Yeah. Ninety one is when we moved yeah. to, to Ottawa. I took a, a job offer up there to. Mm-hmm. sell coffee and uh it worked out very well oh yeah i, I think anyways so. i say so yeah it, yeah no, it was good one of the other funny memories i think i told in the podcast before you probably won't remember this but i think when i was like four or five years old i remember waking up in the, the middle of the night and i walked down to the basement for whatever reason five years old i put on the ninja turtles and i watched the movie and i think you came down at 2 30 in the morning being like what are you doing down here <laughs> I, was like, I don't know i didn't know how to work a vcr and i just watched well, the ninja turtles I, yeah, I mean, th- th- that house, like I said, it's funny because I'm usually the one that uh, uh, was very busy, but I was always up late at night all the time. And actually, the, the basement was where we had, uh, was the, the, the TV room or the family room. Yeah. Everything else was so small up there. <laughs> and you talk about small in the kitchen, and when you open the uh, fridge door, it hit the oven. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't open them both at the same time, but it, it, it worked for us anyway. Oh, it was perfect but for the time. You were your own little kid back there, John. You yeah. just did things your way and didn't think anything up. And I think I do remember that time you were up yeah. or something like, I'm downstairs and I hear this noise on. What the heck's going <laughs> the down there? Going and there's on. John just sitting there watching Ninja Turtles. You guys are very easy to entertain. I could uh, just yeah, put on a, a video or something. and uh, yeah, yeah, throw a G.I. Joe down there or some wrestlers. or I just watched a YouTube clip the other day of WrestleMania 10 where Bret the Hitman Hart wrestled Yokozuna in Las Vegas. And then Yokozuna beat him. Then Hulk Hogan came out of nowhere and fought Yokozuna. You were, I tell you, the, the wrestling was uh, our salvation because we yeah. had bought you initially that wrestling ring. Oh, my God. And then yeah. all the figures and all this. And that would entertain you for hours. We'd give it to you. And you loved it. And then uh, that one time we went down to Maple Leaf Gardens there yeah. with our friends. And, Before it was a Loblaws like it is now. And I think you were, oh, you weren't very old. Was it five or something? Five or like six, that? yeah. And I got you the, the fake styrofoam belt yeah and oh. some other stuff there the hulk hogan bandana you put on yeah and we sat down there and watched hulk hogan and sergeant slaughter Sarge. and all this and you were just in second heaven it was the thing. best best day of my life and then you didn't you meet um a sergeant, sergeant slaughter yeah. or something i remember you got me like an autograph i think we met him at some convention yeah. or something and you you got him an, an autograph larger than me. life heroes at the time and, and and back then it wasn't the wrestling wasn't as sophisticated as it is now i guess <laughs> i've never heard sophisticated i mean i had wrestling. gone to my early days gone to a couple of wrestling rings there uh, wrestling uh, yeah. events at maple leaf gardens when literally you have the i hate these term old ladies there mm-hmm. yelling and Oh, bringing yeah. their purse and everything and taking it very seriously. Like, oh my goodness! <laughs> but it was I think you just loved wrestling. You just lived it. Oh yeah, it was great. I yeah, I remember Hulk Hogan is my favorite. I think I had his wife beater Hulk. I remember always trying to rip it like he did. and I never could. It always made me oh, sad. You had everything. I mean, but I said hours. You just we go away somewhere in the car, give them the, the wrestling give ring the rest- and, and your GI Joe's. And, and where are they today? I think we gave them to one of the other neighbors when you kind of outgrew them. Yeah, two years ago. Well, yeah, I know. And, I don't. I don't. Who, who I would never use wrestlers nowadays. <laughs> but you think back and how old that is, and probably what it's worth now. I mean, oh, you know, yeah. had every player. It was just. Uh, that was another time. Yeah, one of the shows we have now. Uh, on our station's Toy Hunter, and it's this guy who's like a 40-year-old man who goes around and buys toys from people, and you just see them being like, what, what are you doing with your life that you have a whole two rooms dedicated to different like Star Wars toys or wrestling toys? You're grown men now. Like, Well, I think one of the reasons that uh, when you get married, you have kids, I mean, you, 
you want to have a son, besides mm -hmm. daughters and everything, is the fact that then you can buy him all the toys that you never got a chance to have when you were a kid. Yeah. So you can still, I thought, hey, great, we can get a racing car set. We can get this. Mm -hmm. And even though I'm older and all this, I can still play with these games because he's my son. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. That's the excuse, right? I, can get, I couldn't get that when I was little, but now I can buy it legitimately because I have a son who will yeah. have to play this game. So Exactly. Okay, so I got a couple, I have a list here. I always have a list kind of, for each episode to run down that I want to get into. But before I get into a couple, I want to hear a couple stories I think people really like. Uh, let's say what you're actually doing down here in Toronto because you do live in beautiful Canada, Ontario. And we always have a tradition. It's been going on. I think this is the five-year anniversary now. Every summer you come down for like a guy's weekend where we go. Boys go, weekend. Boys weekend. We go to a Blue Jays game, go out to some nice dinners. We go have some drinks with the guys. And, and just hang. Just hang, just just have a, a good old time. Well, the fact much. that you still want to hang with your dad, oh, it gets, it, <laughs> that's a lot. I think, well, you, definitely the older you get, the more it's just like, it's oh, it's fun to, to see dad. It's not you like I'm, I'm 16 years old being like, get out of my room or something. Well, maybe that's why now, but yeah. or even your friends are saying, oh, your friends are asking when you come back down. Dad. Oh, they so definitely like you me. more than me, yeah. And I don't think it can be that I buy the rounds of drinks all the time. No. No, that's not it. Um, but no, I, I look, I really... I'm thankful. Mm. I, I look forward to it. This this past weekend here was, uh, oh, was just fan uh, great. It always is a lot of fun. Yeah. And you know, you've got a, a good group of, of friends, a good connection here. And, mm. uh, I, and I'll be up front. I'm a little jealous. I mean, yeah. you know, you know, I lived down, I lived apartment across the street from across. where you're living now when mm. I was single down in Toronto. So you're in the area that I went through a certain period of my life in. Yeah. It's a great, and it's a fun age you are at now that what you're doing with what you're doing with your work, yeah. what you're doing outside of your work and everything there, and uh, I, I'm a little envious of it, and I, I'm thankful that you asked me to kind of share a part of it with you. Oh well, as much as I'm sure you look forward to, it, we look forward to it as well, and I sometimes I feel like Val gets more excited when I'm like, yeah, my dad's <laughs> coming down, or my mom's coming down for the weekend, or they're both coming down. And I was like, we got we got to take your dad out here. We got to make sure we get him record shopping. You got to make sure we get him, you know, his favorite drink. You get him a Stella, this or that. But it was a lot of fun. We went Friday night. You came down, picked me up from work, gave you a tour of the building. We went to Second City. which Every we, time I go through the building of yours, yeah. it always changes. There's always, yeah, there's always new people in or out, and there's different floors, and there's there's now a section of people who hit gongs. Did you mention the, the story there at work about, uh, about who your father is? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a controversy through my work, and I think the real reason why you come down for Guys Weekend isn't just to hang out no. and go to baseball games. It's to make sure that, to prove to people that you are my real father. Because there is one of the producers at work, his name's Jeremy. And when I started at City TV as an intern six years ago, uh, like I said, there's this producer there, he's still there, his name's Jeremy. And everyone says that we look identical. And they just, they started calling him my dad. And so they'll be like, John, uh, your dad wants to see you. Or, you know, do you know when your dad's coming into work or when he's getting back from lunch? And so you came down. I had to disprove that theory. So I'm going to come down to yeah, Toronto. I'll, <laughs> I'll meet these people. I'll meet these people. And then you came down a few years ago. And they'd be like, yeah, no, this is my real dad. And they're like, like no, we still don't believe you. Jeremy's still John's real dad. And they ended up getting the picture of Jeremy. And That's I think right. They put it side by side with you to be like, oh, I don't know. Jeremy still looks. There's some qualities there. Then I had some questions for Liz when I came back to Ottawa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what were you doing 28 years ago? Yeah. Do you know a man named Jeremy? <laughs> so even like this weekend, you come down and my one manager... I think she disproved it. She's like, oh, my God, you and your father look so alike. I think if you hear one more person say, you, yeah. know, you and your dad are so alike. That was at Jen's wedding, my sister's wedding last year was, because me and dad, we had uh, pretty much matching tuxedos. We both had fedoras on. 
and people would come up to me and be like, oh my God, I saw you from a distance. I thought you were your father. Or they'd, they'd see my dad and be like, I thought you were John. And yeah. I, at one point, I had to give... To me, it's a compliment. Yeah. I, to you, it may not be. I gave the speech. I said, it's a compliment to one of us yeah. that we look very alike. <laughs> but I, I, I'll, I'll, hey, I'll take what I can get. So, so that was a lot of fun. And we were part of history yesterday, sports history. Well, every time, John, sorry, yeah. every time we come down... Something always goes on anyways, yeah. memorable. Team. And I said, I enjoy the, the Blue Jay games. And I know my dad loved the Blue Jays. And yeah. fortunately, I didn't get out to enough games with them yeah. uh, in his last years. But so I, I really am uh, thankful that you still want to do this. And uh, and you always get great seats. Well, we try, I try to get different perspectives. Like there will be one sat year, everywhere. third yeah. baseline, first baseline. We sat in the uh, VIP seats last yep. year. This year, we were just right behind home plate, about 20 rows up, which... That, that may have been my favorite seats because you're elevated enough that you can see well. We were, the one thing I know about you, it doesn't matter where you sit, as long as I get seat one and two. I have to sit on, on the, the outside. I'm long-legged here, and <laughs> I, 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 I can't sit in the middle. I have to be on the end aisle seat. I'm sorry. Yeah, but uh, it was fun. It was the longest Blue Jays game in the history of Toronto Blue Jays. Well, you, you jinxed it, John, by saying, holy <laughs> smoke, this game is going to be over in record time. Yeah, it, it was. It, it was two and a half hours. They were already in the ninth inning, Blue Jays winning. And I jinxed it again, saying, "Oh, Casey Jansen, our relief—he's our best it was relief less pitcher." Less than two hours, I think. Less than two, yeah. yeah, it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable how fast. And I said, "This is our best pitcher. He hasn't blown a game at all this year. He's like 19 straight saves, and of course, he blows the game." Uh, we saw the Texas Rangers—they tied up the game nine or three-three in the ninth inning, and it went 18 innings. Well, I thought unbelievable. And, uh, also, we were thinking there, okay, we had you know something to eat. We had some beers. Yeah. And I thought, should we have another beer? And he said, no, let's kind of pace ourselves. Let's pace because ourselves. it's Saturday. We've got a whole evening ahead of us. Yeah. A little knowing that after the evening, they stopped <laughs> the beer, and we're going to be there for another nine innings. Yeah. <laughs> it was 18 innings of one beer baseball one for beer us. One beer baseball, which is a record, <laughs> I think. <laughs> I think so. Uh, for them and for us. Yeah. But it was to a point there, hey, John, we got the yeah. 12th or 13th. Well, we can't leave now. Yeah, it got We to have to point. stay. We're here for the duration. Yeah. You know, and uh, we went through everything from it got very cool to very yeah. hot to yeah. little sprinkles to nice again. It, it, nice then. It, it was light. It was daytime we got there. It was basically nighttime when we left. And and it was suspenseful, too, because it yeah. could have gone either way. So it wasn't boring. No. There were some quick innings, and then it was the drama there about bases loaded, nobody else. They're going to get in there, and they didn't do it. And, yeah. and, and meanwhile, we were. I'm going to say tweeting. We were yeah. emailing. We were uh, texting pictures. Texting. Sorry, yeah. texting. texting. Okay. Yeah, there you go. You're getting better. At least you know what a tweet is. Well, it's impressive. I, I never used it, but I was done. <laughs> you got Facebook. That's more than most More than most people. But uh, a good friend of mine, a neighbor in, in Ottawa, uh, Paul Charette. And shout out a big, to Paul. A big shout out to Paul. <laughs> shout out to Paul. Shout out to Paul. Um, <laughs> who is a, a big baseball fan. And uh, he was watching the game as well. Knew we were down here, and so we were... Mm-hmm. texting back and forth there. Yeah. And, and I said, again, sending pictures automatically back there and uh, yeah. giving little digs and barbs to each other. Yeah. So it was it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, the Blue Jays finally won it uh, about six hours later. We went 15 innings without seeing the Blue Jays get a run, but they still somehow <laughs> won the game. So I was going to say, we were going to be so pissed off if we stayed six hours, 18 uh, innings, and we lost uh, the game. It, it would have been maddening. And, and just see when they finally got that last run in, they were like, Big kids all yeah. jumped out, and you you just felt so good for them. It was just they yeah. needed that win. I'm just gonna say too, a lot of people have been bad mouthing them, but I even though the Jays aren't doing that well this season, I'm always gonna be I'm always gonna support them. People say they suck, they, but I'm like you know what? If they string some wins together, 
you know, I just I just want to see good games. I that's, look at it all. now. It's like, and again, I'm an a, uh, Ottawa Senator fan. Yeah, okay? as, and people kind of think I'm a traitor because I grew up in Toronto and yeah. grew up with the Leafs. And my Leafs are the Leafs of the '60s. I'm yeah. sorry, the uh, classic ones there, and um, I don't follow the the new ones. Uh, the new you team don't like Phil Kessel, my God. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but and the, the Senators, you know, as long as it's entertaining. Yeah. Game. I, if I'm entertained, hey, you know. All the all the better sort mm-hmm. of thing, and this was an, a long game. We were part of history, history basically. Yeah, definitely. So it's something we can just notch up again to something that we both were able to attend. Exactly. I was going to say I'm jealous because when the Blue Jays were doing their World Series runs, I was only seven or eight years old, six or seven years old at the time. Yeah, but you I were was actually, there. you were the primary. Like, did you actually? I got go a couple to a, couple of games, couple, couple of playoff games. games. Yeah, I was part of a, a a baseball pool there where we shared tickets and everything. Yeah, and I was fortunate now, and that's when you get. 65,000 people in that stadium there yeah. cheering. And, uh, you know, Roberto Alomar, Joe Carter, Gruber, Joe Carter Gruber, yeah. uh, those guys. And you say a Canadian team is into the World Series here. Even yeah. though it was all American yeah. baseball American players. Yeah, American Dominican okay, players, yeah. It just was such a feeling of pride and pumped up. Oh, I'm sure the city, too, must have been. Two elect- years in a row. Unbelievable. Yeah, I you wish know? I wasn't. Uh, <laughs> the city was just together there again. It can't. Put Toronto on the map and everything. It was yeah. it was great. Yeah, so it sounds like a lot of fun. And after the baseball game, we went down to Kensington Market. We did some record shopping. You actually you actually recommended a record for me to buy. Well, I'm looking at these records here, and I go, "Holy smoke!" I remember yeah. I well, some of them in your collection. Yeah, uh, I'm going, John. This is a good one here. This is this is a great one here. I think I I know somewhat your taste. I don't always agree with all your taste, yeah. <laughs> but I I think it, again, what's what's old is new again. Sometimes oh, definitely. they just redefine the the title, how they they describe mm-hmm. the music, but it's, yeah. it's still the basic, and um, I. I mean, it's a great way to spend a Saturday afternoon as well. Flipping I like that some browsing records. and going through there and and looking at the album covers and everything. Yeah, well, we're going to talk more about records a little bit later on. We'll finish up kind of the weekend talk, and then there's a few other things. But yeah, so after the record store, came back here. It was you, me, Val, and Sean, who's been on the podcast as well. Sean, we, great guy, great guy. Yep. Yeah, we uh, we had a, a drink or two here, and then we went. If anyone's in Toronto, they're looking for a good restaurant, Queen and the Beaver. It's a great kind of. Uh, like English style pub, and if you go there on Sundays, they have a great roast dinner. So I will recommend that. We all went out to dinner, then we came back and just hung out on the balcony. And you and Sean, had well, we some had some cum- muscles. I'm not a big muscle yeah, fan. Yeah. That's it. I'll, I'll give it. I, truthfully, I've never had muscles. I just, mm-hmm. I'm not a big seafood person. Yeah. Uh, I said, oh, I'll try it. And, and I'm sorry, you know, I tried some, not to my my liking, but no. It was again. You know what it is? It's the ambience of the place. It's the company we had there. Everybody is so. And, and I, again. I felt so relaxed and, and yeah. a part of the group here. It was mm-hmm. so nice. Oh, it was fun. I liked it too. Everyone knows about our old neighbor, Super Douche. We've told the stories about them. <laughs> they moved out, and we had uh, a couple new people move in next door. And it's funny. You've been down the last Bob two Marley weekends. Bob Marley and friends. It seems like Bob Marley and Snoop Dogg <laughs> living next door because it's just like a 24-7 ganja smoking session on the balcony. But even when we got home last night, you went on the balcony. You were just like, "Hey, how you guys doing? Nice night for <laughs> nice evening for uh, a yeah. balcony hang or whatever." <laughs> so you're just making friends with everybody. If you got them, smoke them. It's okay, <laughs> there guys. You go. go ahead. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know it's fun. At the end of the night, we all just sat on the balcony, had a, a couple of drinks, some cognac, maybe cigars, some cigars. I haven't done that in a while, and that's yeah. just it's, and again, a very casual, beautiful, beautiful evening night. here. You know, and that's I, I, that's why, like I think, down here with, with your group of friends and everything here. It's uh, when I've come down, you either, you know, what are we going to do tonight? Well, let, instead of going out and drinking here, let's do a jam session here in your music yeah. room. Let's, mm-hmm. you know, 
it sounds fun. I say good kids because you're not kids anymore. Yeah. Okay. You're very professional people in in business, mm-hmm. and but you're you're smart. You're level headed, and you just you, I don't know. I just yeah. it's great. <laughs> well, that's what I just realized. There's uh, there's two kinds of parents. Uh, when kids get older, older and they're adults themselves, and you hang out with your parents, there's two kind of parents, and you're the right kind of cool. <laughs> and what I mean by that is, you'll come over and we'll have a couple drinks, and you can tell us old stories, and we can talk about this and that, and listen to music. But then there's parents where anyone who's in Ottawa, if you go to Crazy Horse or or O'Connor's, you'll go and you'll see the parents who are just dancing with twenty year olds and I'm like the fact that I've never seen you or mom at a crazy horse now makes me very happy that you're not dancing. But you've heard stories. <laughs> I, I've I've been I've seen people. <laughs> I've seen moms and their their like 19 year old daughters trying to mack on guys together. Well, truthfully, John, I know in the yeah. times I've been down in the past there where you've always been gracious. Yeah. So come on, join us for this. And I go. No, you know something. There's a point where it's time to say thank you. You guys go do your thing. Yeah. I'll go home to bed. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you. Yesterday we got we started the day off 10:30 in the morning. Went golfing. Uh, we hung out all the way till twelve thirty at night, fourteen hours. So yeah. you, you, but I was pumped. Hang. I mean, yeah. I, it was so relaxed again. Mm-hmm. I think also we paced ourselves with a bit of what we had. To well, drink. the eighteen innings of one beer. Okay, baseball, yeah, that, that probably good. did it there, mm-hmm. sort of thing. Uh, and it, it, yeah, I, I truthfully, I could have gone all night on that. I think I could pay for it today, but <laughs> and of course, I went to bed early in Ottawa the day before I came down yeah, here right. to get my rest and <laughs> caught up, sort of thing. But it's it, it's just how you feel again and. Um, yeah, it was yeah, a great weekend. A lot of fun. Okay, so there's there's a couple funny stories I think you can tell that are, are very appropriate. There's nothing incriminating about you or me or anybody. Okay. So I want to go back down memory lane to when you were a kid. And I always loved – some of my favorite stories you used to tell was about how you used to prank your sisters. Oh. And there's a couple – if you want to tell, there's the two pranks I want you to talk about. One is about a tape recorder under your sister's bed. And then the other one is about hanging somebody. Oh uh, well, well, if you, well, if yeah, you I, I came. Our fam, my family, there were yeah. a, a good Catholic family. So mm-hmm. There were seven kids. I had four sisters. I had two brothers. I had a brother who died very young. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I was my my parents had the three girls first, and then I came along, sort of thing. So yeah. uh, we grew up there, and it was always you know the girls, the girls. So. Um, I'll get over the one with the hanging first. Okay, the yeah. hanging sounds kind of funny. <laughs> sounds here, kind of morbid, Western but... <laughs> here. Uh, but yeah, I, I always played a lot of jokes on my sisters. Yeah, I thought were funny. They didn't think were. Well, they're funny now, maybe. Not and my time. parents didn't think were funny at the time. Yeah, I was punished accordingly. <laughs> but one of the ones that comes back, they still talk about, was uh, they always had parties back then, and we had parties now in in the basement. Yeah. And uh, this, the girls were eighteen or so, and I was. Uh, 13, or even lighting younger than that, I was like 10 or 11 or 12. Mm-hmm. And at the time, we had um, this stuffed monkey. It was a, a monkey that stood about four feet tall and was dressed in children's clothing. It had running okay. shoes on and all this and a shirt and, and long pants, and it had the hands come out. But it looked like a little boy. Yeah. Well, we, I ha- I, what I did one night was at this party, and all the girls were up and down and doing stuff, and I hung him from the banister of the stairs. Yeah. That the stairs came down from downstairs, and you walked around the corner, and then the stairs went down to the basement where they had the party. 
So they're all down there, and I hung this from, a, I think, a necktie or something here, and there's this poor little four-foot monkey, looked like a little boy, <laughs> hanging with his arms drooping down. Well, up came Mary Wybrow. I remember who it you was. You remember who it was? One, yeah, one of the, my sister's friends who lived in the neighborhood here with, like, a tray of glasses and all this. Well, oh, she God. came up and looked up, and the loudest scream, I thought she was going <laughs> to fall back down this, and I laughed and laughed. Yeah. Others came up, what's going on? They all started screaming at me. <laughs> And then I think my sisters kept to chase me. Okay. To get me, uh, like, close the door of my room and all this. And just one of these, wait till your father gets, you know, oh, wait till yeah. dad gets home. You are going to get it bad. Well, You're I You're going to wish you were uh, the one being uh, hung. Before. I said that was worth it. Yeah. Yeah, you wish it was you. Yeah, you not... hung yourself there. How could you do that? You poor, and poor Mary Wybrow was like, <laughs> oh, my God. You know, first glance, you didn't know it was a, a monkey. But it, <laughs> it sounds funny. Probably then it wasn't. No, but fun. it was funny. Yeah. To say the least, but that was just that was one of the pranks. How old do you think you were? I, I think like twelve, maybe 12. Okay. or whatever. Prime 12. pranking in era. Yeah, you, you're you know, twelve. You like to prank yeah, and stuff. Older sisters, only smoke. <laughs> and, and the other one was uh, my. I have uh, my other sister right above me. It was uh, was it, it was Susie. Okay. And uh, she had her room here, and she's always very. I don't say superstitious, but afraid of every little thing there. Well, I thought it'd be funny one night. And we had tape recorders back then. Yeah. Reel-to-reel tape recorders and all this. And I made this tape basically of, I, I'd run it for about maybe two minutes, very quiet. And then I'd put sound effects like, uh, ooh, or noises yeah. like this. And I then knew she was going to bed. And she's in the washroom uh, brushing her teeth and all this. So I put it under her bed and set it the tape on. So she'd go to bed. Turn the light off, and about three minutes later, you'd hear all these noises or everything. Yeah. And I and I got my ear to the wall of her room, just waiting <laughs> for this, or her to run out and start screaming or something. And I'm listening, heard nothing, heard nothing, heard nothing. Couldn't figure out. And I said, okay, next day. And she comes out, and he says, yeah, I, I heard this these noises, this humming noise mm, mm. going on. So she unplugged everything that was plugged into the wall. All the electrical yeah. was out, and she unplugged the tape recorder, so it never got to that part ah, okay. with the noise. With the, the scary, I thought, scary noises yeah. anyways there. But she says, I just unplugged everything because I didn't the strange hum was going on. Yeah. So that didn't work. Was, but, uh, that's but funny. That and, and, and I'll tell you one other quick yeah. one here that I did. One other quick one. One other quick one I did yeah. there. We used to have, they had, uh, they call them clothes trees, which is a, a, a wooden stick with little hooks on it to hang your clothes on. Okay. Yeah. And I had two of my sisters stayed in one room and everything. Well, what I do, and we had all these... I, I put on this, I had this face mask of an Alfred E. Newman. This is from... Oh, the Mad Men? The Mad Men. Yeah, okay? Mad, it was yeah. actually an Alfred Mad E. Newman. This goes back again many, many years. Yeah. And then I had a hat. I had an overcoat. And all, so I dressed this shoe tree, or this clothes tree up like this so it looked like a man standing there. Okay? Yeah. Oh, my God. I snuck into my sister's room <laughs> about one in the morning there and put it between their two beds. Yeah. And this, okay? And then I go back in my room, which was, again, on the other side of the room. And I'd be banging on the wall. To yeah. See if I could wake him up, eh? So bang, bang. And then you hear this. Then you hear two of the loudest screams again. Oh, my God. They scared. You know, wake up. And there's this man standing in this coat and this hat on and this <laughs> in the other room at one in the morning. Well, I got punished for that again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was the. F- I laughed. You laughed. laughed. You could hear the scream and you hear this. Crap. <laughs> dad, dad. <laughs> did you ever, were you the one, did you ever get chased outside with like a wooden spoon or something? Is no, that, a no? stick. St- okay, it was a stick. You just. You make me sound like I'm a bad person. No, here, it, John. This, when you're a kid, you this, know. This again, I, my mom's parents, uh, my grandma and grandpa used to come up from California every year. My parents would always go away on holidays. Mm-hmm. 
we never went to Hollywood, my parents, in the summertime. They always traveled around the world and all this. We yeah. never think anything of it, but we never took trips together, really, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so my grandparents, her parents came up and looked after us, uh, Grandma. And we had a, a, a very uh, strict regiment when we were young. We always had to have naps as kids. Yeah. Okay? It's just good. It, it, I think it was part of it was for my parents just to get some downtime, mm-hmm. where we had to go for two hours every afternoon, just go to our room and have a nap. And if we didn't have a nap, just go to our room sort of thing. Well, I, again, I think I was 12 or something, and, and my friends were playing over, and then my grandmother came out one day, and someone said, all right, Chris, it's nap time. Well, with your friends. And they're going, nap time, nap Chris? Time. Nap time? <laughs> da, 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 da. And I'm going, I don't have to take nap time. And I said, no, no, Grandma, I'm not having a nap time. Yes, you are. Yeah. Don't don't sass me, young man. Yeah. She literally, I'm not going to have it. She picked up a stick and chased me around <laughs> chased a tree. You. My friends are laughing. I'll get out. I'm going, I'm not going to have a nap. Yes, you will. And she chased me around this tree. Well, she's a, a rather large woman. Yeah. So about twice around the tree, she was done. <laughs> she was I think she gave up here, whatever. But, you know, your mom and dad are going to know when they get back from their latest oh. trip. And I go, oh, yeah, I'm shaking my boot. But I was worried because oh, I yeah. sassed my grandmother. Oh, yeah, you so like, I just, In front of your friend, I said, 12, I think, is too old to have a nap. I think so. Oh, they laughed. They laughed. And it was it was embarrassing. But, yeah, no, but being embarrassing having to have a nap or being chased by your like grandmother grand- with a stick around a tree. I, I think it would be more embarrassing if she caught up to you with yeah, the it stick. Would have been, it would have been very embarrassing because she, she could have. She caught me. I would have been done for. I would have had no yeah, chance. Yeah, tripped on it. Something and she caught up to you and just put if her. Fell on me, I would have been game over. I tell you. But then this this will be the last one. Then we'll move on. Didn't didn't she break her neck one time and she had like a big neck brace? You put socks on her uh, or something uh, or hang. Well, she at one time uh, she lived up into her late eighties and outlived uh, her husband, uh, Grandpa, yeah. who was a great person too. And she had um, elder age. She broke her neck mm-hmm. literally. She was in her eighties, mid eight. It was the early eighties when it broke her neck. Yeah, and she went in there, and they said, "Holy smoke! At your age here, it's nothing we can do. Just you guys, the elevator and all this. We'll put this like a cast on you. What it was, we call it an oil rig. They have four poles up here that sit on a, a shoulder brace, and the it's braced into your neck and your head to stay oh stable, God. so your neck and head don't move. <laughs> I think for a year she slept sitting up. Oh my okay? God! Okay, and they said, yeah, we'll do this, but it's not going to do anything. Her yeah. neck healed." Wow. Okay, like un- the doctors couldn't believe it, but my poor grandmother, we sit there and we'd, we'd hang socks and clothes <laughs> on it to say we're going to dry them out, or we sit there and I get wires and bring my transistor radio in the hand and say, just hold still, Grandma, I get better reception hooking up to your poles here and mm-hmm. all this. She was a, a good sport. Yeah. <laughs> and then we had pictures. We poor woman, we abused her. Honest to God, it was not right. No. It was funny. But we were just kids. Yeah, I, you're I'm just, sorry. You're having you fun. Know. Kids are being kids, you know. Right? But a re- again, a remarkable woman that, mm-hmm. uh, and her later years when she was in um, a, a nursing home, um, the fact that she didn't didn't read, didn't watch TV, mm-hmm. didn't knit or anything, and we have to watch television. She just sit there in bed. She, yeah. I, no other interest or whatever. So it was very, very hard. Yeah. And my mom being the only child. And my dad would have taken her in yeah. uh, with us. And we did have her live with us for a while there. Then after a while, we couldn't mm-hmm. uh, with the condition and everything. But it, it was, she was a remarkable woman. And all she put up with us kids yeah. for all those years when my parents were away in the summertime. I, I Kudos I, to her. Yeah. I think you're lucky you weren't growing up in this day and age now. Because if, if you were uh, th- doing all these pranks uh, in this day and age, and there was YouTube and, and iPhones, oh. I could just imagine someone taking a, a video of your grandmother chasing you around with a stick and you tripping and then putting it up on YouTube and just... It's I like, almost think some of that stuff people 
antagonize people just to get a reaction so they can put it on YouTube. Or oh something. yeah, they want to get something here and saying we got to get something going here. Let's. I'm not saying they're always staged, but they're set mm. up. Yeah, I, I'd say so. It's uh, another thing I just remember. You were kind of talking about like grandma and grandpa traveling. You guys spent a year. Was it over in Italy? In Italy, but uh, there's one thing I was gonna say. I can't remember if it was you or or one of my one of your sisters. You guys met the Pope or the Pope. We were fortunate in, in 1960. My dad got a scholarship to teach and and, and uh, learn more about. He was a, mm -hmm. a English teacher and, a, and an art teacher. Yeah. In high school, uh, among other things, he did. He always, he had like three jobs growing up with all our family and everything. He needed three jobs. Oh yeah. Back then, the the wives didn't work. Although my mom, when we kind of grew up, she got active in a lot of politics and other stuff. Another remarkable person. But so we had this. Uh, he had an opportunity to go to Italy for a year. And took the family. Yeah. And at that time, there were my three older sisters, myself, and uh, my brother, Tim, mm -hmm. who was just a baby. So we went over to Italy for a year. I was seven years old by ocean liner. Took a week to go across. That was wow. something else. We lived in Florence for yeah. a year. And I went to school there. I was pictured me in tunics yeah. going there. Uh, I tried to learn to play the mandolin. My oh, sisters, that, I wish you knew how to play the mandolin. I, I, I was just not apt at that. My sisters, yeah. are, who are very talented with piano and violin and other things, I, I was not good at that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but from, from Florence, uh, we traveled everywhere to, to Venice, to Yugoslavia, to Greece, wow. to some of the countries you visit are no longer the countries anymore. Yeah. We changed to Paris and everything else, and to Sicily. We were so fortunate and... You kids kid, uh, kid me. I know uh, mm -hmm. Liz kids saying when you were young, I said, for punishment, I'm going to take you to a museum. Yeah. No, oh, Dad, no, museums. museums. But I grew up going to museums and art galleries. Yeah. At the time, I thought, no. And I think back, it was a real education. Well, the question here with, yeah. we went to Rome one time. And at that time, it was Pope John the Twenty Third? Okay. Was the Pope. And uh, back in the 60s, Canadians were well-loved by Europeans. They loved the Canadians out there. Well, my mom used to dress us. Basically, at least all the girls, all the same. We had red; they had red overcoat tunics on, yeah. identical sort of thing, and so we were very noticeable. Well, we were fortunate enough to go. There was he was giving some uh, a speech or something here, mm -hmm. and we were fortunate to be able to get a a place in an ante room. This is a room that he is travels through before he gets to the main hall and gives a speech, and then he comes back through our room. Right. And the Pope is, is taken on a, a, it's a chariot carried by six or eight priests to, you know, on a yeah. chair, and he goes by. So we're there, and the, the Italians, again, love the Canadians there, and, and kids especially. So they pushed us all to the very front. No sitting. You just stand there. Mm -hmm. And we're standing. And he comes by there, and he's kind of blessing people as he goes by, and he goes in his room. He gives a speech and everything. Then he comes out, and we're all standing there, all dressed in this red thing here. And he's going down, and he happens to look down at us, like this, by surprise, and he stops the chair. Where's yeah. when he stops? And they lower the chair down. He gets out and comes over and blesses our family. Well, the wow. Italian women, it's a miracle. They all, oh, my God. Did oh, this. My and, God. Yeah. and my my parents, who are very religious, mm -hmm. uh, it, it's like this has never happened before. To us, well, this is a big guy in a chair stopping to say hi to us. I don't know yeah. what, what's going <laughs> on here, the, the relevance of it all, of it all. but it, it was a really significant moment there, and it mm -hmm. meant a lot to my parents. Yeah, that's think, cool. Holy smoke, this is something that's not done. No. And the Italians just go, oh, my goodness, it was unbelievable. Those Canadian so, kids. Um, I, at the time, you don't realize it, but later you go, it was the That's Pope. pretty remarkable. John 23rd, stop. 
press yeah sort of thing so that was uh that's pretty i know cool. it made my dad's day i tell oh, you that oh yeah that it made my dad's that's day something you hold on till till the well again it's just something there it's a it's an experience we were so fortunate to go over there yeah and and to, to see things the leaning tower pizza to we were actually in venice when the queen uh had her birthday celebration and, and mm-hmm. the yacht britannica came up there yeah and 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 to see these things and i look back now pictures and all this and i, said, I remember and i had a very good memory and i had a, yeah. for seven years old was great that's good growing up there i mean we lived in 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 florence in a place there where uh, an older part's a beautiful city here but it was still remnants of of going through the war there with pockmarked buildings yeah. and bullet holes and wow. this and so you're still very old world mm-hmm. sort of thing and uh i mentioned earlier before we were talking about there was an earthquake when we were there yeah there, and shook the whole building up that. and everybody Remember the beds were moving around the the rooms in the middle of the night and all this. Well, the next day out in the street, there was a huge crack wow. through the center of the road, right in front of our building, sort of thing. Yeah. So they lived with that all the day. For us, it was like holy smoke, unbelievable. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So I came away. I said, I think a couple of my sisters took away a lot of their mm-hmm. where they're going to the future with other teachings and things of like this. That the Europe trip really was the defining moment for them. Yeah. Did you learn any? Little, uh, I, again, I, listen, I just was playing too much fun, playing tricks and, there you go. and doing what I could. I'm and surprised like the Pope didn't throw like holy water on you, like, bless this child, <laughs> Satan, be rid of you, or whatever. My sister's, Frances, uh, second oldest sister yeah. of mine, she had a knack for languages. I mean, she oh, yeah. Spanish, oh. uh, French, Italian. The whole family there. Uh, you know, Louis she really picked it up and all yeah. this. So. Uh, it to them it was. I mean, we were very fortunate. My dad be able to take the entire family to that's, Italy for a year. That's great. And I think what happened, we had rented. When I heard, we rented our house out in Toronto yeah. to um, some airline stewardess, and we got okay. back. It was a mess. Oh, party all these wild parties it was a bad mistake. I can only imagine that. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna take a break from the stories for a second. And one of the new segments that I do on the show, it's called John's Life Tips. So I have uh, a life tip that I want to give everyone this week. So this is John's life tips. Life tips. Yo, this is my life tips. Take your mind on a little trip. As I make your bitch trip, this is John's life tips. Okay, so this is something that I did at work a couple weeks ago. You can tell me. As you have been a pretty high up guy in your company now, and <laughs> and you have people below you, this I thought this was a pretty smart move that I did. So I this was probably about three weeks ago. We had a meeting, all of us producers and like some of the high up bosses uh, about some new promos and new ideas that we want to do. So there's a few people who are like even higher up than my creative director, and some people who I've met a couple times, but they probably wouldn't necessarily remember me or my name. And so I have a mug. Someone for my birthday, or my friend Melissa last year for my birthday, got me an Ottawa Senators mug. So it's like got a, a couple Sens logos, and it has my name, John, on it. So here's my tip. If you get a mug that has your name on it, it's not too tacky. If you go into big meetings and you want people to know your name, I went into that meeting, and I saw where the big wigs were sitting. I turned my mug so that my name faced who they were. That's good. And there was a few times... People, I'm sure, going in that meeting, they didn't know what my name was. They're like, oh, John, that was a great idea by John over there. And so I would turn it to one person. If someone was on the other end of the table, I'd take my mug, take a sip, turn it to face their way. And at, at the end of the day, I had one of the big wigs patting me on the back saying, that's a great idea, John. So it's a little it's life creative tip. out of the box, John. Out of the box. It's not, you know, some people can be a little, people have different ways to get you to remember their name or this or that. I think it's a nice, subtle way. You don't draw too much attention. You just take a sip. Put your mug down, but be aware of where you're facing your name on that mug. Well, it also makes if somebody 
uh, has a question for you, something and they, like me who forget names, mm -hmm. uh, who they want to ask something, you go, what's his name again? And you just put the mug, you know that? And they go, and John, you know, yeah. you know it helps them out. So actually the mug I have at work, it, it's got a big Superman logo on it. <laughs> I don't know what that means. That doesn't know. do anything, but it was an extra mug that uh, Jennifer, uh, yeah. Uh, my daughter there, who was a big Superman fan and collects stuff, she, I tend to forget what we get for her, and I, yeah. I thought oh, it's another mug. And she says, "You already gave me that last year, Dad." Oh, I'll keep it then. I'll, I'll keep the Superman. But I hate that Superman mug on my desk now. So. Yeah. Well, you're at a point now. You don't really need people to remember your name necessarily. But to any you know young, something? I like to fly under the radar. Well, yeah, well, that's that's the flip side. Sometimes people will be like, "John, we haven't heard from you." I'm like, "Oh," or something like that. Could be the flip side. But if you want to make, if you have some good ideas in a meeting. You want people to remember your name? Just have a mug. Yeah. Well, it, it it's to a point. And one thing about Liz, uh, my wife, who's uh, a, a dear, and she's the most smartest person I do know, truthfully. Mm -hmm. And she's always felt people tell me think she's your wife is very quiet, doesn't mm -hmm. say much in this. And I don't like that she's quiet because she's yeah. not quiet. She she has her opinions. Let me tell Definitely. you. Uh, but she always felt, and this I think comes down to her family. Her mom was a very strong role model, and her sister, the fact that. Unless I have something uh, that I can bring to the conversation, that could add to the conversation, yeah. then I'm not just going to speak for the sake of hearing hearing me talk, yeah. sort of thing. So, and I, it's true to form too many times, and I'm I'm probably one of them too, who get up there and and, and just speak for the sake of speaking. Was that relevant? I mean, why did I yeah. have to? It, better to shut up truthfully mm. and let yourself carry the conversation like this. And if you ask me then for my opinion on this, better to be asked the opinion than to. To give it freely before Definitely. You know, it may not be wanted. Yeah. So, um, but I, I like that that mug yeah. idea. I like that's. It just it, it occurred to me. I've always had this mug with my name on it, but I'm like, hey, any young people in a or you're new in a place, you want people to know your name. It's just a little subliminal way, and it worked well for me. And well, a life lesson. There's so, something, yeah, John. You add it, go down. Yeah. And say, what advice would you give me for this? As you gave that one's that advice yeah. there that. What do you, what should you go into? Should you go into producing or camera work, whatever? Yeah. And and the, the, the advice, advice you gave when I was an intern when I was an intern at City TV, one of the producers, we went on a shoot. He was producing the shoot that he had to produce, direct, and edit. And he had a cameraman for the day. And he said, John, he's like, let me give you the best piece of advice if you still want to figure out what you want to do with your life and in, in this career. I was like, okay, sure. He's like, uh, a cameraman will work for a day, or a cameraman will work for a week. An editor, producer will work for a month. Being that you might only shoot for, it might be a day, might be a whole week, but there's a lot more into like if you're directing, if you're producing and editing it, you gotta do the prep work. You do then have to be on set and direct everyone. You then have to edit everything. So it's just, it's one of those things, you know. You just there's more. It's just a really good piece of advice. I'm like, that's true, you know. Well, and the advice that uh, your mom and I gave you when you started at City TV there, yeah. the fact is, you know, I know you were going saying, oh, I'm an intern, I'm running around and doing this. What you gotta do is make yourself indispensable. Never say no. Yeah. Okay. You gotta look at it. This is a short-term thing. It's not my whole life. I'm gonna be running around doing things. But always make your boss look good. Yeah. Always make it. Make yourself indispensable. So if you're there and you can do something that makes him look good, he's gonna want to keep you around. Mm -hmm. And so what happened? When your internship came up. Yeah. And they keep you. And the, despite budget cutbacks, whatever, you're the producer saying, John, no, he's got to stay here. This, we can't work without him. He's indispensable sort of thing. You put yourself in that situation there yeah. and, and look where you are today, which is good. Yeah. Um, one of the advice I had from a mentor of mine years ago when I was working with a medical firm, a very young per I was very young at the time, and he kind of came up the hard way. And he said, you know, Chris, 
I, I see something in you, but I said, I'm not going to give a millionaire. I'm not going to give you a million dollars because you're a nice guy. Yeah. I'm going to give you the tools to show you how to make a million dollars. But the smart advice I can give you is hang around with smart people. Mm-hmm. Hang, because that rubs off. Okay, you hang around with people who have no ambition and all this. You're not going to have any ambition. Nothing's going to drive you, sort of thing. Yeah. You hang around with people who have smart ideas, who are, who are visionaries and all this. That's what's going to help you out there. And so, I again fortunate again uh, to be able to do that, to have a, a good network of friends there who are uh, very beneficial to, I think, my success today. And I think Definitely. yourself with your friends and everything here, you all oh, have yeah. the same idea, the same kind of goals. We're all motivated. Nothing wrong with wanting things better. There's nothing wrong with putting more money into your wallet sort of thing, okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and also the fact that you enjoy what you do, your passion, which is fantastic. Definitely. Well, everyone got really lucky there. I was only going to give one John's Life tip, but there was about three life tips in there with the Pops Mallet. That's so right. There's enough. <laughs> there you go. So that's John's life tips. Life tips. Yo, this is my life tips. Take your mind on a little trip. As I make your bitch trip, this is John's life tips. Okay, so the next thing we can kind of quickly talk about, if you want to, if not, we can move on, was uh, a couple weeks ago, Into the Wild was on, which is a great movie. Emil Hirsch, where he kind of travels he's kind of fed up with his life and he wants to just go into the wilderness and get rid of the money he travels from i think like la to alaska and so we don't have to talk about i'm just curious that when you were younger you actually did some you traveled across canada and traveled across the states hitchhiking well uh, <laughs> don't have to talk about experience but just kind of what, what i'll just was give your you a motivation. quick overview yeah. um different yeah. and it's funny because when you guys were growing up. Mom didn't want me to talk about that time of my life. Yeah. It was a different time. She didn't want us she to run away. Want you. Yeah, I don't want my kids getting ideas in their head. They're going to just leave home and not come back and all this. But it was, a, again, it sounds funny. I'm probably dating myself here. But it was a different time back in the, the 60s mm-hmm. and the early 70s there. And, and again, growing up, uh, uh, I had a great, fa- I mean, I had a great family life. Yeah. I mean, very fortunate again with our parents and, and the size of our family and, and what my mom and dad sacrificed to, to make sure that, you know, we did okay. The kids was the fact though, but it was very sheltered life. I mm-hmm. mean, my whole world was, was growing up everything I knew in, in Thornhill back in yeah. the, in the sixties and the early seventies, or at least the late sixties there. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. I, I was very restless. I was just, I wanted to know more. I, mm-hmm. I, I just, you want to see like the the world. I just kinda, I right? said there's got to be more to this than just what I'm seeing here. And, yeah. and, and again, a very strict Catholic upbringing here, and maybe that strictness was part of the, the, mm-hmm. the reason. And also, there were several factors going on there: uh, school at the time, uh, girlfriend problems at the time. <laughs> uh, you know, uh-huh. it, it was like the, uh, the the one item that, that the straw that broke the camel's back. That I've always talked. I should do this. It's scary. I'm uh, you know just uh, just turned seventeen and. Mm-hmm. I want to get out there. I'm going to do something. Yeah. And made a decision that uh, I, I'm going to drop out of school and travel. Mm-hmm. I, not tell my parents. <laughs> yeah. I was going to, I guess you call it running away from home. I hate or to say being, that. Or being a nomad or something. I, I don't I, know. I, you know. I put a knapsack on yeah. and, and left one. And I, I just told one person in my family, my sister, yeah. uh, Francis, who was always guess, very yeah. close. Uh, we actually lived together downtown for a couple of years. So we were very close to, to the family members. Mm-hmm. But I remember telling her, I just, you know, my life is, just, I got to get away. I just yeah. got to get away and, her boyfriend at the time says, uh, "You know, yeah, go do it." Yeah, <laughs> was he a she hippie? Goes, you know, we're going to go where the states hitchhike yeah. down there. Yeah. I mean, this. I just got to do this, and she says, I said, "Don't tell mom. Don't mm-hmm. tell mom they, and dad." Yeah. I said, "How can? I, what do they talk to me about this? Just don't tell them anything. I'll, yeah, I'll write them a little note or something that you can give to them or this. But mm-hmm. I've got to get away. I got to be like 
in the state before they yeah. find out yeah. <laughs> because I made chicken out or something. They yeah. say. And so then I did. I said, I just knapsack on, got, got what I needed here and yeah. put, I think I had wow. $200, put it in the, in my yeah. shoe because I always yeah. feel I'm going to get robbed or something. Mm-hmm. And at that time, again, you could hitchhike. It was, it was the norm. You hitchhiked yeah, all over the place. Yeah. And I, I did. I, I was gone for what over five months, whatever. Wow. And traveled down to the states. Down. It's not to like New you're York. going to like. Oh, I have a friend in Buffalo. No, nope, didn't know anybody. And I almost, like I said, I mentioned yesterday. Yeah. I said I got in Hamilton. Yeah. Hadn't even got to the border yet, and I got a ticket for hitchhiking in Canada. <laughs> that I had to. My first letter back in the states to a good friend of mine, and, yeah. and I wrote to him saying, like, "Could you please pay this ticket for me?" <laughs> oh, I got no. the first day in Canada, <laughs> my journey down yeah. there, and then down to the states, uh, all through uh, New York, and down there. Uh, New Orleans, mm-hmm. uh, Texas, uh, California, Oklahoma, and, and I, I, things I never knew existed, and, and it just opened up my, broadened my uh, horizon of what went on in the real world was like, yeah. and then back up through Vancouver, hitchhiked back down across there, and it, it was, to me, it was a real eye-opener. I grew I up, bet. I matured yeah. very quickly on it. I was very fortunate that I wasn't Raped, stabbed, and yeah, murdered, killed. Yeah. Uh, there were some close calls there. I'm sure there but were some. It was. I, I think back now. I think I wouldn't want ever any of you kids ever. Well, do I would that. never. I don't think. I, I just. It would scare the heck yeah, out of me. I, I mean, would I, never do that. And, and I can imagine mm-hmm. how my parents felt. And actually, when they did, I get a hold. I called them from New Orleans, mm-hmm. and my mom in tears and all this. And uh, I, I just said, "Mom, I had to do it." Something yeah. we did is the drugs. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. She went back. My friend said. That, Two days later, mom came to school talking to my friends. Was, was Chris on drugs? No, no. Chris on straight as can be. He's yeah. Just, no, no, I don't know. He just, he just, he's just been a, a little out a little there. restless He's or different yeah. sort of thing. You know, he is who he is. Mm-hmm. And so it was hard. And that's when mom said, well, listen, if you're going through there, grandma and grandpa had a place in California. Yeah. You can, they're, they're up here, okay? Yeah. And you can talk to, we mentioned to the landlord down there, their place and ever, and you can yeah. go up there and stay. And I did stay for oh, uh, a week down there in, in uh, Palm Springs. Mm-hmm. So it was just Maybe the time was right again in the late, th- uh, early, think, uh, yeah. late six, early 70s, 71, mm-hmm. whatever, that it was. if it had been any earlier or any later, it could have been different here. So, I was, And then mm-hmm. when I came back, I had, you know, mom said, okay, you're back, go back to school or do this or get a job or do this. And I had to make some choices. Yeah. And fortunately, you know, I made some choices there by pushing on my parents who needed mm-hmm. me to, to push me in this. And uh, yeah. But it was, uh, I've told you some stories back yeah, then. No, so that's that, another, it's another podcast. That's, that's for another podcast. That's but, cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's 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 cool. You don't people don't do that these days. So that and movie I you're yeah, talking about, the there, wild. Yeah, I really liked that. I could see the guy, and he, at the end, he yeah. he he died. He died yeah. out there. But you know, and Liz always says to me, I I kind of later my later years now, I say I like the seclusion. I like mm-hmm. the isolation. Let's say isolation, but I like my books. You like the peacefulness. I just maybe. the peacefulness yeah. there, and I had had no problem going off into the woods I in a cabin <laughs> and live my life. Yeah. <laughs> He's the, there's a crazy old pop mount in the woods. There's a crazy old pop mount some days. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, the next thing I want to talk about, one of the uh, our favorite things to talk about in the podcast is music. And so you've uh, – there's a couple cool things. Uh, like we were saying earlier, what's old is new again. And two years ago, Val, for my birthday, or maybe it was Christmas, she got me a record player. Because records, again, are once again, they're big. All the new stuff comes out on vinyl. It's cool and trendy. It sounds better on vinyl than iPods, MP3s, whatever. One of the great things was you pretty much saved your whole record collection or, or a big chunk of it. And I think it was last year when Val and I moved in together. You you're like, well, if you want my record collection, I'm not going to be using it anymore. And you brought hundred, a couple hundred well, records. Somebody showed me how to transfer. I bought a machine that yeah. able to transfer onto the computer the records and everything. And and uh, yeah, well, again, in that era, there records mm-hmm. defined you, sort of thing. Yeah. It was a 
Yeah, music always defines people, so you each generation here. Yeah. But records were really a part. You could trace how you went through different moods and everything, who you were mm -hmm. in periods by the records you bought. Oh, yeah. Well, even when I look through your records, I'm like, okay, this is probably, you know, this is your rock era. It's like the Who and the Rolling Stone. Here's your psychedelic era where it's just all these weird bands I'd never heard of with, like, crazy cover art. My jazz era your with jazz. all my jazz stuff. Your disco New era. Age. New and age. I'm not afraid to say disco era. Yes, oh, I, disco. I, disco, I love disco. I tell you, the best way to stay in shape, the disco. <laughs> disco I dancing. But I loved, you know, it was like R&B. Yeah. So I went through, again, you go through phases. Yeah, well, there's... um. There's three records. My three favorite records are ones that you gave me, and I want to tell you what they are, and maybe you can tell me what you think about them, or if it brings back a memory or whatever. But three of my favorite records, uh, the first one I want to talk about, maybe my favorite record I have, is Super Tramp's Breakfast in America. Classic. And I love it because it's they're one of my favorite bands. I saw Roger Hodgson's in concert a couple years ago, and he was still really good. But it's got the logical song, Goodbye Stranger, Breakfast in America, Gone Hollywood. But have you re ever really studied the front cover here? I mean, no. you look at that, the city they did there, of what yeah. it's made up of. No. Now, the title is Breakfast in America. Oh, and my God. Look I'm just looking at, at it now. It's Manhattan Island here, yeah. and it's made up of everything you'd find at a breakfast table. I just realized From a plate that. of bacon and eggs to wow. teapots to salt and pepper. And it looks like, mm -hmm. it looks like the city of New York mm -hmm. with a, a waitress standing there. Who is a Statue of Liberty, and she's a waitress outfit with holding up a glass of orange juice. Yeah, everything. So it all ties in here. And that's one thing about I found with albums. There, defines an era is the actual cover itself and depicts. Yeah, you can't get that on a on a CD today in a little small version here. This no. and and there's some phenomenal artwork. Yeah, on these covers here. But Super Tramp again, it was a a unique sound in here. Mm -hmm. uh, you could relate to the songs here. Great beat and everything, and. Um, Again, I went through an era here. I, I just love their stuff. Yeah. I love their stuff. I, I never got to any of their concerts or oh. anything on this. But I, you know, there are certain records here, again, that you, you had to have. Yeah. Got to be in your collection, okay? Mm -hmm. Or we waited for it. The next one's coming out. You've got to get this album here. Okay? Yeah. I mean, I was the era of Sam the Record Man down here. Would you line up? Because wow. a new album. Someone's now, it's their, it's their Christmas album coming out. And you'd line up and you'd get it to everybody yeah. else sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, they were just some phenomenal Phenomenal stuff. Well, if you see Roger Hodgson's the lead singer, uh, the original lead singer, I guess, he does tour a lot. So if he ever comes to Ottawa, or yep. I, he's still really good. We saw him a couple years ago. He can still wail on the piano. His you voice saw him sound. down in uh, Niagara Falls, did you not? Aurelia, I think. Oh, okay. The other, not Niagara Grandma? Falls. Grandma, yeah. Okay. And he's funny because he talks like he's a mystical elf from Lord of the Rings. He'd just be like, oh, I wrote this next song when I was perusing through the gardens of the New Zealand forest and it came to me next to some daffodils goodbye stranger and he just starts like well a lot of the songs then yeah. for a lot of the groups were personal experiences especially mm -hmm. if you get into ones like the group america oh i love or, them. or or again neil young and all these guys here it's some personal experiences here yeah uh, crosby stills nash mm -hmm. you know some of the classic songs in there that were in uh, related to events that went on at the time yeah again very relevant the, the records spoke of that time there or political statement a yeah. lot of times in mm -hmm. there, the unrest and what was going on. Yeah. Um, so again, that's why it defined an era mm -hmm. and everything, but super traps. I'm just, just damn good music. Yeah. It still holds up. To, I still listen to on my, it's my like top rated playlist. That I listen to walking to work still to this day. And so. I said, what, well, how do you define the Rolling Stones after 50 years still going on tour? Yeah. Oh, Who figured yeah. Mick Jagger, close to 70, who's still jumping up. Well, I don't be jumping as high anymore. Yeah, but, he's true. You know, and, and all his fan base now yeah. is getting new fans. But it's still the guys like ourselves who are 60 on who are trying to relive our years back when we were 
my first album with the yeah. Stones would get your yaya's out. I was mm -hmm. ten years old, and I remember distinctly that album was great. I love it. Yeah. I still ha well, you got I in the collection it, there. So, wow, and I still hear it sometimes in you know, golden oldies. Mm -hmm. But it just was. I, I remember exactly the day when I played that thing, and it's fantastic. It still holds up. The other great thing I like about these records, like that Super Trample, and you can get it. You can get it at HMV now, kind of remastered, same cover. But these are the original from like the seventies or sixties or eighties, like. Uh, I just love that these records are the original ones that you bought when you were probably my age or even younger. Still a bit of snack crackle pop in them. Yeah, it's got some. You can kind of hear the history. It's a record. It. Yeah, I can picture you listening to it with big headphones on and like your parents, oh, you know, your own I, bedroom. Oh, buy or these headphones and you'd hear the sound go back from one ear to the other ear. There, you get lost in it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So the next record, I'll give it a little bit of history. One of the cool thing was uh, I did karate when I was younger, and you and I. We used to do guys' weekends back in my when I was younger, and we would go uh, for karate tournaments and drive to whether it's like Montreal or London. Montreal, or London, yeah. And uh, you would always you had your like either as mixtape cassettes or just or whether it was just a full cassette like the Doobie Brothers. Well, or tell Skinner, John, I, my yeah. car still has a cassette deck in it. Yeah, you were. It's like you said, you just got the iPhone this year. Before that, you had a flip phone, and now you're just. What do I need CD players for? I still have my mixed cassette. I can tapes. do my my cassettes. Yeah, I love them. But one of the best, so I, I used to discover, that's how I love bands, like the Doobie Brothers. I just rediscovered how much I liked them because I used to play them. Or Leonard Skinner, Freebird. I yep. remember hearing that for the first time. But one of the coolest ones, I don't remember where we were driving to or from. I remember late at night when you put in Jeff Wayne's War of the Worlds. I remember listening to this, and it's basically, I guess, a rock opera of War of the Worlds. A lot of times, John, the musicians were doing these theme albums or whatever uh, yeah. uh, like Jethro Tull Thick as a Brick yeah, or Passion Play uh, The Who Quadrophenia like this I mean it was a, yeah. the album was all a theme across here mm -hmm. and this one again FM radio was just starting off there very big like in the yeah. 60s or 70s it was AM radio okay short sweet to the point the pop hits whatever then FM came on board where you would start getting the records they would play them would be 7, 8, 9, 10 minutes long wow wow you know less yeah. commercials and, and, and records you didn't hear stuff like you're hearing now on, on some of your things yeah so I always liked I, I like something here where a group like Yes There would go on for 20 minutes or something like this. Yeah. So this one here, uh, War of the Worlds, was a, a, a musical takeoff of H.G. Wells' War of the Worlds here. Yeah. Put to music here. And and I think I heard a couple excerpts on and I thought, i got to go see this. And I got it. Mm -hmm. And it tells a story. And I like every, every song on yeah. this, which is great. And it's the sort of thing you can, again, put your headphones on and you've got an afternoon to kill. And you can hear it from... From one start to the end here, mm -hmm. and it, it just resonates right through the whole thing fantastically. Yeah, and uh, I think it still holds true today. Well, yeah, and that's it's catchy. Some catchy tunes. Well, no, I was going to say this is one of the albums you can't listen to song one and then skip to song four. You have to listen to it in order because it goes from instrumentals to a guy narrating it to people singing to people talking. Well, Richard Burton narrates yeah. this. Okay. Rich, I mean, Richard Burton on an album. But yeah. there's albums there where the music is dance music, yeah. and then there's albums where there it's just the music you want to hear. You can't really dance to it. Yeah. It's just very, it's just great music. Yeah. It, you know, but this, and again, you can sit there and close your eyes, and you're almost there, part of it, and you can see, you can see these happening, these images coming up here. Well, yeah, I just literally, uh, when you gave me your record collection last year, two years ago, I remember digging through it, and I see War of the Worlds, and it brought me back. I'm like, I haven't listened to this. To a, to a car ride to, to London, car ride, Ontario, yeah, their karate tournament. Probably like 12 years. <laughs> and then I remember, that's the, I think the first record I listened to when you gave it to me was this, and Val was like, you have to turn it off. It's way too scary. I'm <laughs> like, it's not scary. 
And then I downloaded the album. You get it on iTunes. I downloaded it, put yep. it on my iPod. And I just recently, again, a couple weeks ago, listened to the whole thing. And this is the, the record that inspired me. To anyone who listened to the episode uh, finale of po- season one of Live at 605, where I get abducted by aliens, it's all based on the War of the Worlds. And I actually put in one of the songs. Excerpts. Excerpts in there. And I, I remember I'm like, I bet you no one will get this podcast except for, for Dad, because he'll be like, I know that song. That's War of the Worlds. Oh, I bring so. back memories. Okay, in the final one, we've kind of talked about, we did rock opera. We did some cool 70s music. This now is one of my favorite uh, albums. And anytime we have a party here, I always start with the song, I'll Be Good to You. So this I'm holding up the Brothers Johnson. Look out for number one. at the end of the, of the podcast or something. Yeah, maybe, we're going to play this one out, I think. But this one, I remember last year for Boys Weekend, you came down, you're looking through the record collection, we had everyone over, and Dad's like, let me pick some music to, to play. And you pulled out this one here, and you're like, Brothers Johnson, fantastic, I don't know, disco, funk. It's a funk one, yeah. The, the album cover. 1976. Wow. Okay, that, that 76 was the height of the disco era. Yeah. Okay, and either you loved disco, you hated it, okay. Yeah. Uh, it was out, people, you're out every night. Dancing clubs, yeah, fantastic, and, and uh, the groups in it. These guys, I heard them somewhere, and the brothers Johnson, uh, Thunder Thumbs and Lightning Lex, they called them because okay. of their, their guitar prowess. It was fantastic, and they got a catchy tune that just you got to get up mm-hmm. and dance, and it holds so well. A lot of R and B, some of the stuff you hear today, yeah. is copied from this. And uh, there, were, I mean, there were so many different classic groups out there mm-hmm. uh but these guys i mean they they hold true to today and the fact i knew you'd like this stuff yeah you even you've emailed me and told me dad yeah. you should hear this i think i just heard this group here you'll like it because it's got a little bit of sounds from yeah. these guys or from this band that you knew back when mm-hmm. that and it's true what's old it comes around we remix a little bit here add this yeah. in here but it, it stays the same here you get that beat that that rhythm to it that uh, is universal exactly yeah and like and I said, the, the afro too is nice. Yeah, I like that. The al- the album covers two guys basically with like a big blue sky behind them, rocking out to guitars with huge afros. Their shirts unzipped and big gold chains. <laughs> yeah, it just looks like they're having a lot of fun. And Quincy Jones presents the Brothers Johnson. Well, Quincy Jones did a lot of the R and B guys oh, yeah. back then. Very good. But uh, yeah, I'll be good to you. Every party when people come over, I start the night with that song and like get the funk out of my face. All like, all these things. <laughs> get- Okay. Get the yeah. funk out of my face. Get the funk, funk. out of yeah. my face. So those are just well. Some of the albums yeah. like that. Parliament. Have you ever heard of Parliament? That Funkadelic. One? Funkadelic one. I mean, there, there. It was out there at the time. Yeah. Sort of thing. But from when I've heard of certain, mm-hmm. let's say records or songs yeah. here with what goes on today. Again, it's not my genre. It's not yeah. my type of. Okay, it's, it's it's today. Okay, it's not relevant to me. But this was back then. Yeah. Oh, I think if there's any decade I could live in being in my 20s, it would be the 70s for disco because I would be a full disco. Well, it was the music. It was the style. It was the clothing. Yeah. And I'll admit it, you know, uh, Saturday Night Live with John Travolta was a Saturday Night Fever. Sorry, Saturday Night Fever, (laughs) Saturday Night Live. Here you go, my memory. Two wild and crazy guys. Two wild and crazy guys. Yeah. Uh, That was another great era for those guys, Saturday Night Live. But, um, yeah, Saturday Night Disco there with John Travolta, okay? Mm-hmm. There, that defined, again, got kick-started it all there. And I, I admit, I had the big heel things. I had the outfits. I had. Yeah. I, I mean, I was living it. Mm-hmm. And it was fun. It was, a, a, again, a certain time frame between here and here. And then you kind of outgrow it and you move on. But yeah. some songs I still love playing today. We were just talking about Saturday Night Live. You mentioned a second ago. I'll give people a little inside uh, piece of info about Saturday Night Live. Two years ago, I went to Chicago for 
a two-day course at Second City. It's called the Saturday Night Live Writing Experience, and we got I got to go work for two days with a writer from Saturday Night Live, who's a current writer on their staff now. And we basically, it was like the whole process process of going through a week of working at SNL as a writer. So we did a, like a pitch meeting. We wrote the sketches, this and that. But he said, people were asking like, okay, so what are the hours like at Saturday Night Live? And he said like uh, Mondays when you pitch all the sketch ideas to Lauren Michaels and the host. So you do that Monday. People don't come in until about three o'clock in the afternoon. And for the next, so for Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, it's just writing sketches. But they start writing sketches basically from 11 at night till about 7 in the morning. And he said the reason why they, they don't start at like 10 in the morning till 7 at night is back the original cast members, like the 60s or 70s, whatever, they would all just do coke. And they would stay up at night and write from 12 midnight till 6 in the morning. And he said that even though like they don't do that, there's no like coke days in SNL, they just kept those exact same hours. Because of the guys in the seventies would just do coke and stay up all night and write sketches. Wow! So like even to this day, that's the the hours of SNL as you work from midnight till seven in the morning, come back in Tuesday afternoon at you know noon, get your sketches picked or rewritten or this or that. So it's kind of different times wow. and, yeah. and stuff. It was just kind of a cool piece of history. I want to take a bit of a break now. I always like to play a game on the podcast. So right now we're gonna play Who'd You Rather Road Trip With. <laughs> We sometimes I play with Al, who'd you rather, you know, this or that. But since you've done a lot of driving in your years as, you know, as a, as a salesman and driving from Toronto to Ottawa to wherever, I'm going to give you three situations and you have to tell me out of these three people, who'd you rather go on a long cross country road trip with? So there's going to be good and bad qualities to each one. So I'll start these off. So the first one, the person, would you rather road trip with the person who takes pictures of them and you driving and instantly just posts them to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, so they basically just, you're driving, they'll take a picture, be like, self-picture of us, post it to Facebook, you know, okay. halfway there. But the flip side is they will pay you for, they'll pay all the gas. But they're really annoying of being like, let's take another picture of making duck face or this or that. So it's a six, it's a two-day drive. Do we have a choice? Well, oh, no, you have one? There's, there's two other people. Okay, let me hear the other two yeah. people then. So all right. First, the person who takes all these pictures and posts them to Facebook, right. but they pay for the gas money. Second one, would you rather road trip uh, with a person who has a really great soundtrack? So they have awesome music to get you through the road trip, but they always change to the next song with 40 seconds left. So they never let the song play it out. So it's like <laughs> you're listening to Brothers Johnson, but they're like, next song. Uh, however... <laughs> They know a great dinner place to get grilled cheese halfway through. So they have good music, but they always change. They never hear a full song, and they get you a good grilled cheese dinner halfway through. I'll, I'll recap these again. If okay. You no, that's okay. Yeah. And the final one, would you rather road trip with the person who knows every shortcut on the road, gets you to your destination three hours ahead of schedule, but he robs your wallet when you arrive. So he robs you when you arrive there. However, 13 years later, he cleans up his act. He gets sober comes to make amends to you and gives you free passes to Ontario Place. So there's the first one, the person who takes pictures of you the whole time, posts them to Facebook. Second one is the person who has a great soundtrack, but they never let you hear a full song. The third person gets you through this road trip really quickly, but they rob you. But years later, they, they apologize. And Okay, the so, first person, the first time <laughs> take a picture, Yeah. I open the door in his side at 70 miles an hour and push him out. Okay, okay? <laughs> yeah. that's done. 
Second person, I don't like grilled cheese sandwiches. So okay. I wouldn't even invite somebody. You wouldn't even. No, he's <laughs> okay. gone. Done. Okay. Uh, the third person, it'd be a story to tell. Yeah. So, you know something? So he robbed me. Yeah. Ah, okay. He had a rough time there. Okay. Yeah. And he comes back. It, it's, it's another life story. Yeah. Okay. And he's made amends and all this. And we all do stupid, crazy things when we're younger. Yeah. Okay. Truthfully, I'd probably just go on a road trip by myself. Yeah, I think so. Have, who needs all this crap? Need, yeah, you're at the age. You don't you need know. a road trip with people. And the thing is, could I stand in them? Is could they stand me? Yeah, I think <laughs> right. My fourth option should have been yeah. you're road tripping yeah. with Pops Malin, and you know he doesn't want to stop for McDonald's or he doesn't yeah. want to. No, if you're going, yeah, do you kids? If you got to go to the bathroom break now because we're going straight 400 miles an hour. Here's a Coke can. Go in there if you have to go there. <laughs> and what's my favorite saying with you guys when you were younger? There, when we go and you start acting up. And I'd, I'd go... Turn this car around? No, I used to no? say, do you know how to get home from here? Oh, yeah. And they'd go, no. no. Perfect. Get out. Yeah. Oh, mom tried, never liked I'd that. I tried to kick you out. Yeah. You know, we're far away. You don't want to get home. You don't behave. You're yeah. getting out right here. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. You know, I think the one I would take, I would take the guy who has a really great soundtrack, but he changes it. Like, he would be, we'd stop for grilled cheese. I feel like I could eventually convince him... To be like, oh, just take a nap in the back seat so I can listen to the great soundtrack without him. But it, I don't there's, know. There's a point, like I said, everybody has their, and, and I've been on those trips with, with friends who we get into the back of a van. And uh, one of the we took with, to the East Coast there with two of my friends who decided within the, in the morning, we need to get away. And in the afternoon, we were in a van. I just threw clothes in the back and drove off for 10 days down the East Coast and realized, oh, I don't have extra underwear. I don't have this. Yeah. You know, and, and we have tapes okay okay and seals and cross was one i had which i really loved but after the first uh first half a day you're sick of it yeah <laughs> so it was a great sound it was a great music and all this but then not not when you hear it 15 times in a row or all no. this sort of stuff so you'd have to be in sync with somebody and very rarely are people in sync with with music to a certain they like it's certain tough. songs here but they don't like this. They don't like yeah. that song there. So you'd have to give and take, put up with it here. For sure. You'd be a hard guy to go with, I think. Who would you rather road trip with? Shotgun. So there's just two more topics I want to bring up, and then we'll we'll end it with uh, the band of the week, and we'll choose from one of the records, whatever song you want to hear to write up the All podcast. Right. But I put on Facebook, Twitter, if anyone has questions for the infamous Pops Malin, <laughs> write him, tweet me, Facebook me, email me, and I'll ask him the question, and then we'll, we'll see what, what his answers are. So I got a couple of different things people want to know. They have a couple of questions, and we'll have to start, we'll start with Val. So we did a podcast, um, last week's podcast, we were talking about school and math, and Val didn't, ble- I told her, I'm like, I sucked at math. I hated math, math, science, history. Math There's- is not good for Malins. Yeah. Well, that's why she's like, well, wasn't your dad really good at math? <laughs> I was like, no, he was cursed with like, I, it's the Malin math curse, I think. I so cannot. she wants to know if you were good at math, but no, no, <laughs> uh, terrible at math. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tell you, when the calculator was invented in the '60s, it was a godsend. Honest to God, slide rules and protractors, oh, and I just compasses. I compasses. I, I again, I think something the most creative people, the basics, because math is is something that's is right or wrong. It yeah. really is. Mm-hmm. You know, there is a right answer and there's a wrong answer. There's no, it might be this. It is this or it's yeah. not. And uh, no, I just terrible. I, I did math tutors. I did everything. Oh, yeah. I, to a point where uh, when I changed high schools halfway through, went to one there, the new high school I went to was kind of a progressive school. They didn't have grades. They had point systems and all this that I could drop math and, and science in, in just after grade 10. Yeah. You know, which today, <laughs> it'd, be, it'd kill you. 
yeah. Sort of thing. But I oh was able God. to there and went more into the arts and stuff like that. Which is yeah, I kind of followed okay. that same path. But no, I I was and no matter how you try and tie it, and I, my parents meant well there and they spent yeah. money on this and you know at that time you've got to know the basics here. And funny enough, in my job today, uh, because I'm dealing with a lot of money and, and mm-hmm. percentages and and there's a lot of variables, math plays a very big part mm-hmm. in, in what I do. And I go. Okay, thank God we've got calculators and some other stuff yeah. here and, and uh, pickups to go along. But it it is you've got to have a basis on you that do. math. You have to have it on there. And I wish, I wish I could do it, but um, that just one of my I'm not sure I'm I'm terrible at math. Yeah, I'm I, ter- and languages. Yeah, English enough is gives me enough of a problem. Yeah, I know we can barely but get forget the English. other languages. Holy smoke! I hate math too. I remember I I'd always stay after school for extra help. I did the tutor thing, and I remember stupid last year of math. I had to take it was grade eleven. I think I I did had the weekly tutor and I stayed for extra help and I failed yep. grade eleven math with like a forty eight or forty nine went to summer school and I told my teacher I'm like I don't need math for what I want to do I you see me doing all this extra help and she's like you can't you just give me another percent she's like no I can't whatever nope. went to summer school got a fifty one and I never looked back and I'm done with it in in grade ten I was going to rebuff college school that's where all the when you leave grade school, the, the boys go, the, the Catholic boys, to the Bray Buff College School, yeah. taught by Jesuits. The girls went to St. Joseph Moore Park, was taught by nuns. Mm-hmm. And I had a math teacher. Uh, oh, I'm trying to remember his name now. I can't remember his name now. Okay. He was a big guy. He looked like a big bruiser, okay? Yeah. But he was up front there. He scared me. He scared yeah. the heck out of me. I used to go to a parent-teacher's conference, and he says, your son's afraid of me. And I think my mom going, I'm afraid of you. <laughs> uh, but he always goes, you know, you don't need to know math. No, yeah. we need truck drivers. Malin, we need you we to need tr- you drive to tr- trucks. You don't need to know math. we got to get the food from yeah. point A to point B. You don't need math there. just got to know wow. brake gas, brake gas. Yeah. Don't worry about math. <laughs> oh. I said, okay, I'll be a truck driver okay. then. That's fine. Well, no wonder you're traveling all across the yeah, state. You, know? you want to be a truck driver. <laughs> okay, the next question comes from two of Jen's friends, Jen, my sister. And this comes from Jen and Tracy, who you know very why well. You, why do your friends want to know about me? I don't you're an this. interesting guy. Like I said, I people know. are good. They can't wait to hear this podcast. Oh, they can't believe. That they can't believe here. you're embracing all this technology. It's fun. <laughs> so Jen and Tracy want you to briefly talk about just your different hairstyles over the years. Oh, come on. Because there was your Brothers Johnson phase when you had a nice big afro in the okay. 70s. There was your Weird Al Yankovic phage when you had like the nice mustache and longer hair, I guess. Didn't have mullets. Didn't no have a mullet. No, no. You had no, the Weird no. Al. You looked like Weird Al. And yeah. then the most famous one that Jen and Chasey and all of us probably remember is your Ned Flanders year. That's right. Where you Oakley looked, You looked dead on like Ned Flanders with your mustache <laughs> and haircut. <laughs> Again, you know, it comes back to the times and what was prevalent. Uh, back, you know, long hair was in yeah. in the '60s. There, long the hair, hippie don't looks, care. and all yeah. that. Okay. And you wear your and I had in in university my hair was down pictures of my hair down to my shoulders yeah and everything and um and then it, to you get to a point there where you go ah oh, I've been doing my hair every day I can't bother this I look gee an afro would be nice because all you gotta yeah. do is run a comb through it or, or fluff it up there's nothing <laughs> you wash it and then you just shake it and it, it it's fine yeah so uh and that was back when I was just dating uh, your mom Liz yeah and I was thin back then I was real skinny. <laughs> you still and, look good. Thank you. Still a stud. Uh, well, <laughs> anyways, and so I thought, well, you know, maybe something here, my, and, and that's how I had hair, yeah. a lot of hair. I thought, well, I'm going to go, I'm going to do an afro. Now, a mm. white skinny kid with an afro. God. I wish I could rock that look. And I remember, and on Young Street here, right across from Captain John's, which was uh, 
uh, does all these funky boots and shoes and everything. Yeah. Okay. I remember getting going there and getting a perm and they putting the tin foil in your hair and they popping through their hair through this yeah. and doing this and overlooking Young Street at the time, and coming out here. And it grew and grew, and there were a couple of pictures of me, and I go, oh, my God, I had a Liz. I was dating Liz because I would never have gotten dates or anything <laughs> else at that time. Yeah. And I look at it, and I had the big, in those times, big, funky glasses. Nice. Eh? Holy smoke, they were huge glasses. <laughs> and then the thing with afros, you got to keep them trimmed. Yeah. You can't let them get too big, and they, they just outgrow you. You become like, like a, a hedge yeah. or something. But that was, um, and then you put on a, a, a disco outfit, and you go, oh, my God. And, and the story was, I and I also that time, I bought a jumpsuit. I don't know what made me nice. buy a jumpsuit, whatever. This the denim times. jumpsuit. It's just one of these ones, like a, a, a you you could get in, you zipper up the front, and that's it. It's yeah. done. And I tell you, with my afro, I looked like a Q-tip. <laughs> it was just, <laughs> I um, yeah, it was not a good, not a good point. Uh, the other one there, the second one was where the, the uh, weird out. Weird out. Yeah, I had a, the mustache came up there. Yeah. Uh, bushy like this, and Weird Al, uh, sorry. Yeah, Weird Al Yankovic. Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah. Uh, I loved his albums. Mm-hmm. Oh, who did great parody albums. Eat It and... Uh, Eat It and... Be it. Like a Surgeon, yeah, all these great you know, songs. Great guy, and didn't take himself seriously. And so mm-hmm. But again, it was kind of like an afro, but it wasn't. Yeah, it's and, just kind of longer... Longer hair and a little different than that. So yeah. you, you go through different styles. Yeah. So I see what, what how you find the way. Then for a while, I went really short cropped hair. Yeah. You like, cropped it right down and everything. Mm-hmm. And so you just you go through stages, and then the last ones, the Ned years Flanders. it was that I looked like Ned Flanders there, yeah, with the mustache and the hair and the and, the glasses and the, and the glasses. And I mean, that you, was Halloween. I was set. Yeah, you'd always just say Oakley Doakley, Oakley Doakley. Yeah, we, yeah. We said if there's ever a live uh, version Simpsons movies, I'd be in it. You would have to be. And I agree. I did look like him. Only, only goodness. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say you may have been most embarrassed by maybe like the Afro look, but there was probably when I was like 20 years old, I was. This close to getting a perm, being like, I want that afro. <laughs> like I said, what's old is new again, and I was, I was dying. I look at pictures afro. of you, John, as you're growing up here yeah. in your high school, and then your school days. Your hair was all over the place. Oh yeah, I've had, I've had like the longer, oh. curlier hair. I've had the, sh- I've had like the shaved head. Now yeah, I, curly hair. Yeah. yeah, all kinds, kinds of stuff. So it's, yeah, you kind of. It's almost like women's hairstyles. You can tell the, 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 the turn of the de- century yeah. when the decades when they had these <laughs> hairstyles, big poofs and all this and fonts or. Yeah. Flip overs and all this. So okay, two more questions, and then we'll we'll do the one last thing I want to talk about. We'll end this thing. Andrew, aka DJ Malin, my cousin, uh, your brother's uh, kid, your nephew, I yeah. guess. We were at our other cousin Louis's engagement party, and I was telling him about the podcast. He was getting excited about it too, and he's like, "You have to ask your dad about the video store he owned, you worked at." He's oh, okay. That I, I had a number of jobs, very fortunate again in, in uh, what I, in the jobs I did. Yeah. And um, I ended up back in the 70s when uh, videos were just coming out, the mm-hmm. video craze sort of thing. And I was working for a, a briefly a, a, a medical company and looking for something different here. And, and this is where my mentor at the time says, you know, I, I can't give you a million dollars, but I can help you. Yeah. yeah, and he had an investment here at the time of video. It was just coming to Canada here. In the States, they had the video huts, uh, stores where you kind of go up like a photo hut. Yeah. And you could rent movies. Or you couldn't rent, you could buy movies. Okay. Movies were $100, and you can buy movies out there and everything. And they started having a little bit of video cameras and things. And he was um, getting into a business here uh, called Video Bank, and he had somebody who was going to run it, set it up here. It was going to be on 
Yorkville Avenue, uh, which was now the very posh upscale place. It was just starting to be posh down then. And they needed somebody to run it. And I was looking at something for a change. And I met this guy. Was I had a second job going uh, at Mal Enterprises where I was catering this party for my boss. Yeah. And I met this guy, and we were talking. He said, I'm looking for somebody. He said, well, I've been with a metal company seven years. And, and then, so I talked to my boss at the time. He goes, you know, I, if you want to get in, I kind of like to keep an eye on my investment sort of thing. It's different. I, I want to get out down your in sales and everything and mm. I enjoyed that did that for a year and then left and went to work for somebody else in Brampton under video station names just when they would start renting movies okay you could rent them now and we got into selling machines and a uh, very basic beta machine was like $6,000 and all wow. this and then I was helping to sell the franchise for that company and one of the questions came back to me was well this sounds great, but why don't you have a franchise? Why don't you get yeah. it? I said, I don't have $75,000 at the time. Mm-hmm. I got a young family. I got a mortgage. I don't have, yeah. you know, or I didn't actually, I didn't have a mortgage at the time there. And um, then I got thinking, well, maybe I should. I know the business and all this. I just didn't quite have the funds. And I did get in with a partners of mine to the business we had in Thornhill, which you very well know, John, yeah. that a lot of times that with uh, Liz, who was a nurse working shift work, we couldn't get sitters. I would bring remember bring you to work there. The two and we yeah. stopped there and you'd get a donut and a drink. I was gonna at say the, the corner. The best thing about two best things about this video store. One, every time I went was going to get the donut first. I think it was a chocolate dip donut with yep. a drink. The other best thing was that's right when Nintendo came out, the original Nintendo. And we were the first ones to be able to like to bring it back home because you you were able to get it I out had, of the store. We had a very big section there of video games was just taken yeah. off. So I of course I, at that time we sold TVs, I yeah. did stereos, I did the video games, we did the movies. Uh, very successful. Again, I knock wood, very fortunate. I had good partners, and mm-hmm. we were in at the right time when this was growing, and it, it was a moneymaker, basically what yeah. it was. But a long hours and uh, between my wife and I, but we sacrificed, and we were able to get a house through this business. Mm-hmm. But the fact is bringing new kids in, and I mean, you'd only be like five years old yeah. or whatever this, and you weren't quite ready for school yet, maybe four years yeah. old or something. And I'd come down into work, and I'd sit you down, you have your donut and your drink, <laughs> And I'd let you start playing the video games or put on a, a, a kid's movie or yeah. something. And you'd be good for three hours. And then I'd go do my business and service yeah. the customers and all this until somebody mom may pick you up or something. Or mm-hmm. my help would come in. I could run you back home sort of thing. But yeah. that was the standard. you always come in there. Yeah. And then you would just always, when you were a kid, go down. All the bottom shelf would pull all the movies off the I bottom shelf. Boom, 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 <laughs> yeah. boom, boom, boom. John, stop doing that. Boom, that all baby. the movies make a mess. Yeah, sort of thing. But did that for seven years around the business. Had, yeah. We had two stores at the time, which wow. was good. So okay. And the last question, I think I can answer this. This one, this comes from Sean, who we talked about earlier, who's been on the podcast. He wants to know who could win an arm wrestling contest between the two of us. Is that why that's and sitting there? Yeah, we have a, an arm. <laughs> you have a, a piano Father chair here. Father versus son. I, I I'm gonna say I think Dad can take me, but Sean wants us to do an actual arm wrestling. Yeah, we're not really level here. No, we're, we're, at we're a kind of advantage. Yeah, it's not level. We're gonna kind of hunch over and, and put our arms down. But what is this gonna prove? I don't know. I still think you're gonna take me. I'm gonna give it to the but old guy. But whether you take me or does it just mean his father is still the father and listen to what he says? And well, I'll, I'll just say yesterday when we were we went to the driving range, we had a competition. The Five last golf balls to see who could hit them further. The loser had to buy the beers and pizza at the game. I lost. You beat me. So. Yeah, I don't play that very well either. So it tells you how good how good John is. That I, I might beat him. Ooh. Okay, but we're gonna we're gonna arm. We're gonna so. do this real All quick. All right. Okay. So, so get center here. Okay. Center here. We're we're hunched over. You can't really see how we are, but okay. Now, so we, we actually got to kind of level go it off. More okay? even. Okay. Like this. We're, we're good. Okay. Yeah, we're so good. on the count of three, it just touched on the other end. Okay. okay. So when you're ready, one, one two, two, three. three. Oh, we're going to be here all day. <laughs> Nobody's budging. <laughs> this is... <laughs> oh, no. 
He's he's taking me. <laughs> I think it's a draw. That's a draw. I was getting a pain in my leg. Oh my god, our faces are red. I thought my arms. That was a hundred percent draw right there. Oh. Nobody moved a muscle. So. Uh yes. Well, that was good, John. That was good. Thank you, Sean. Okay, so okay. Neither of us can win an arm wrestling. We owe him one. I'm gonna get him back for that. What a bastard. Oh. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna we're gonna end this podcast. End is a word. I tell you. Wow, that took us. Good thing we did that at the end wow. of the show. I don't know if we're gonna be able to go golfing after this. We're just gonna. I'm gonna tell one more story, and then one the podcast. It's. Um, I'm gonna tell about the one time I got a run in with the law, and the cops came to our house because I was supposedly doing something bad, which I never did. Well, we can just tell the story maybe kind of quickly, but it, it goes back to our house in in Ottawa there. Yeah. And John, you... I was grade going in grade seven or so what 12? 12, 12 no, no more than twelve or thirteen. Okay. Anyways, we we live next to. Some interesting neighbors, and uh, they were nuts. They were really nuts. They built a very a paranoid. Fence in the they put yard. they put a fence down the back. I can understand. Okay, yeah. they don't like. They didn't want. They didn't have any kids. They don't like kids. Why they would buy in a subdivision full of new families with kids? Yeah. You'll never know. Okay, they even put a fence in the front of their yard, going down the front between the houses. Yeah, uh, was another reason for that. I won't get into that, but it was crazy. Anyways. So, and they always were warning the kids, you know, don't, if your ball comes on our property, it's gone, yeah. sort of thing. So anyways, and, and again, uh, my neighbor, Paul, shout mm-hmm. out to Paul. Paul, shout out Paul. Oh, Paul, Paul Sherrod. He can uh, vouch for this. They were nuts. Anyway, so what happened one day, John had a very good friend, Andy. Andy Sinclair. Uh, mentioned which him we did a lot of baseball with. We had coach your baseball teams and all this. Great yeah. guy. You guys were just buddies. He was like my first real great friend. Real I made, friend. When I, when I moved to Ottawa in grade two, we met and... We just became best friends, and then every day hung out, and just and their parents were fantastic. And then end of grade six, going in grade seven, he moved. His family moved to Winnipeg. I stayed here, so then we I didn't see him for basically a whole year, and then he came back to visit Ottawa. That's right. Uh, the year of grade so seven. So, anyways, it's summertime. Yeah. And you guys are just out playing laser tag. Playing laser tag, we're having fun and all this, eh? And then you you went somewhere. Yeah. And then so yeah, I get a knock at the door, and there is a neighbor yeah. going, um. I don't know how to quite say this. And I go, well, why what would you come got? over and see me? Because we weren't, yeah. we knew each other, we weren't friends, okay? Yeah. And he goes, is your son home? And I go, no, I think he's out. Friend. Yeah. Well, uh, I have to talk to you about your son, about the damage he did. Mm-hmm. Damage he did. Look, and we were on our front porch. Look yeah. at the tree, and they had a, a nice, we had two ash trees that were quite yeah. grown there. And he says, look at the tree. And I'm looking at the tree. Okay, what am I looking for? Well, there's a big branch there that is broken off now. The tree's gone. It's got to come down now. We have to yeah. call our insurance company. The tree is no good. And it's just, I go, excuse me, what? Mm-hmm. I'm looking at it. He says, your son jumped up and on the branch, just yeah. hang, swing himself and pull it down. <laughs> and he says, or he said, or it could have been his friend. Yeah. But those two those are no two. good. Yeah. I go, excuse me, I, I, what branch is? I'm trying to figure out where this branch is here. Okay. And I said, well. Okay, and he's and there's his wife. Yeah, Ooh, looking out the door, cream. and I stare at her, and she pops back in the door, and I, I felt sorry for the husband because stand up to her. Okay, Ouch. anyways, um, I go, excuse me, I know my son and Andy, yeah. two good boys. No, no. Secondly, I said you have a fence down the middle of the yard there. We know they this. know not to go on your property, yeah. and because they they had, they had gone out and they come back and they saw this branch being yeah. damaged, eh? And they, I said so. Why would they run around and look at the branch? They'd have to jump up or climb on a shoulder to yeah. grab this branch to swing. 
All I know was it was good before he went away. We come back. I saw your the kids playing before he went yeah. away, and now it's broken. Mm-hmm. I said, get get out of here. Out I'm of not here. even going to get just get out of here, okay? Yeah, the main Goodbye, thing. Okay. Main thing. He was, says, well, that's not the end of it. Yeah. And then about 40 minutes later, another knock door. Two police officers are yeah. at the door. <laughs> I go, oh, oh. God. and I looked out there, and there she is. Yeah. Whatever. Yuck. And I says, well, listen, we're here. I can't. I said, let me tell you. My crazy neighbors. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that, sir, but there's a complaint here that some vandalism, vandalism. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what do they describe as vandalism? Well, they maliciously damaged. I said, officer, I'll save you a lot of time and trouble here. Yeah. Okay. I'll give you a quick lowdown on the neighbors. They're very paranoid. They do this, da, 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 da. They've done this. They got this. They saw my son and his friend playing here. And then they come back. And it was a windy day, too. It could yeah. have been a wind. I don't know what. And mm-hmm. they accused my son. They know not to go on that property. You ask anybody here. No kids Everybody go near knows. that property. Yeah. Why would they run around and figure, hey, we got a window of opportunity here. Let's go up there and tore down this branch on this tree mm-hmm. and then run away. Well, we have to act on it. Where's your son? I said, he's out. When he's coming back. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, we should talk to him. I'll talk to him. I don't have to talk to yeah, you. Yeah, I don't have to. Okay. Well, we have to. I said, officer, do what you're going to do here, but my son's a good kid. Well, you know, there were reports that earlier they've been troublemakers. Oh, let me think. That was last year at uh, Halloween when they played Nicky Nicky Nine Doors. Yeah. And they were 10 or whatever and ring mm-hmm. up and ring the doorbell and run away. Yeah. Gee, did you never do that, officer, when you were a kid to the house on the street that nobody liked? Mm-hmm. Okay. So he kind of, one of the cops, part of this kind of shook his head. I don't know why we're even here for, you know, yeah, the other cop, I have to report. I got to write down. You know, let us know when your son gets home. Why? Yeah. Goodbye, officer. If you're going to write a report up or something, do what you're going to do. But yeah. I just can't believe this. And they left, yeah. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think I just came back. I asked John, I asked you one. Did yeah. you and Andy? What, Dad? That's all right. No, never push yeah. it again. No, I'm exactly. not, I know you don't do it. Okay? Yeah. So the funny, that long and short of it is, yeah. they had talked about, they called their insurance company. The property value of their house is now devaluated because of the damage tree. Yeah. They had a guy come look at the tree there. I talked to him, and he goes, yeah, I don't know what to do this tree down. He said, he said, if I take their tree down, because it's intertwined with your tree, your tree would come down as well. I said, oh, please, take their tree down so my tree will fall so I can sue them. Yeah. Whatever. But nothing ever happened, that sort of thing. But that's the story. Yeah. My only thing is you just have to look at the tree and look at me. Oh. The, tree, the branch was about six and a half feet up in the air. I had to and I was boost ba- you up to get there. I was barely four foot two, so that's my whole argument. Criminals on the street. <laughs> I'm going to say NWA said it best. Fuck the police. <laughs> and that seems like a perfect way to end it. So as always, we always end each show with the band of the week and the song of the week. So since we have a very special guest, Pops Mallon. John, why don't you play the one that you talked about here, the Brothers yeah. Johnson. Brothers Johnson. I'll be good to you because that's got great, great. – uh, uh, it's just a great rhythm section here yeah. that, again, it kind of makes you just get moving. Get moving, Get yeah. moving, if I can say that. Eh? Get move, Get on. Get down. Get Get funky. on. Get down. Uh, I want to thank, again, my dad, Pop Smallum, for coming down doing the podcast. I think it was a lot of fun, a lot of great stories. I think everyone's going to really like this one. Well, maybe an opportunity again comes up that I might be able to do it again if if, yeah. if there is a request for There's it. There's a request. But, uh, I thank you, John. I mean, uh, it's been uh, yeah, interesting life and bringing yeah. you guys up. And, uh, and like I said, we're fortunate. You guys, all our, our kids, Katie, Jennifer, yourself, I've turned out all so well. We knew you were going to turn out well. And yeah. you've got great friends and great futures ahead of you. Oh, thank you very much. And there's still more questions I didn't get to this week. We'll we're save it. Save it for the next another, another time, another podcast. So enjoy the Brothers Johnson. And we'll shake hands shake there, hands John. And I'll, thank we'll, you. We'll, we'll do that arm wrestling again. Maybe we'll get Sean here. We'll do yeah, one we'll get Sean. Too. That's yeah. right. Okay. <laughs> Once again, I'd just like to thank my dad, Pops Mallon, for coming on the Live at 605 podcast. We had a lot of fun this week. 
And as always, before we tune out, let me just tell you how you can get in contact with me. You can follow me on Twitter. Just search at Malencamp. I'll follow you back. You follow me. Works two ways. You know how it goes. You can like me on Facebook. Just search live at 605. We have a lot of fun pictures and videos and anything we talk about on the podcast, we post on there. And of course, you can email me live at 605 at gmail.com. And if you want to check me out on Podomatic, if you don't have iTunes, you can listen, download, play, and do everything else on Podomatic. So that's podomatic.com slash live at 605. And until next week, I'm your podcaster, John. Be easy.
no need to 